Hello other also humans, this is Thad with the Walk It Off Your Probably Fine podcast. This week we dig into an episode with Matt Rackers. Uh, Matt and I don't actually know each other, I just know that he was foolish enough or um, confident enough to also sign up for a 50k um, with a group of friends that we ended up having a mass text uh, conversation over the last several months. I really like the way that he thinks. I like the way that he keeps going. I like the kind of guy that he is. So I decided to have a conversation with him. And we talk a little bit about um, kind of what business with quarantine is, um, running your own business within what the nation's going through right now. We also talk about why sign up for 50K. We talk about life. We talk about uh, legacy. We talk about a lot of things. It's a really good conversation. Um, Enjoy it. or as I have them saved in my phone, Rack'em Sack'em Robots. Uh, say hi, Matt. Hi, everybody. Um, Matt is part of a mass group of people that are in a, uh, or part of a mass text that I'm a part of. Um, I've never actually met you. No, this is a first. I know you through Chris. Yes. Chris Ward, and you're Chris's cousin. That's accurate? Right. Okay. Um, so... Long story short, Chris talked us all into doing this ultra thing. Yeah. We started this mass text as a way to like celebrate small victories and that kind of thing as we and and Chris challenges us every week or or did when we were still rolling. Pretty much looks like that's likely dead. Yeah, I haven't heard officially about the race, but I right. I, I presume it's not happening. And you had signed on for the 50k? Yes. So I have in my plans nine hours that I'm going to uh, put towards running on March 23rd or May 23rd and get a 50K knocked out. Are you, are you still training? Are you still staying active? What's your, what's your deal? So, yeah, I'm staying active. I, uh, I think I had kind of told you guys in the group text, too, that I, I suffered an injury in my foot. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's still causing me some issues. So I'm not uh, I'm not running that much right now. Um, and since it's gotten delayed, I just honestly figured not to run. Um, yeah, right. But I'm probably going to do something. So I know I also had a half marathon that got canceled last weekend. Um, and I did like seven miles for that. And I ran that just to say mm-hmm. okay, it's something that day. Right, right. Um, I don't know what exactly I'm going to do the 23rd. I've been kind of racking my brain trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, thinking about doing maybe a rock or something like that, but uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to do something. That's that's interesting. That I think a few of us are gonna do an event. I think we. I think just for the sanity of the amount of work that's been put in. Yeah. Having something that happens on May 23rd, regardless of if it's like I'm gonna try and finish more beer than I've ever finished in my <laughs> life, but whatever. Yeah. I feel like we all feel like we deserve a trophy on that day and we're going to earn it somehow, which whatever. I'm cool with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, we got to um, do something, man. Yeah, I, I think that's important. Um, so I I generally dig into uh, like like if I know anything about a human, and I know very little about you as a human, <laughs> but if I know anything, there's generally a story that I'm trying to get the get the meat off of. Um, I'm gonna change it up a little bit for you, and you'll be like my test run. So if this fails miserably, uh, I'll just blame you. And then, but this may be the new setup for how my podcast runs if it goes Ooh. successfully. All right. At the end of my podcast, I I ask every person four questions, mm -hmm. and I'm just going to ask them as the podcast. Okay. We're gonna. I'm gonna ask you these four questions, and we'll just see where that conversation goes. And if we can fill about an hour, then we're gonna fill about an hour. Yeah. You cool? Yeah, it shouldn't be an issue. Sweet. First question: Is there a light switch moment that you can point to in your life where life was happening, and then this switch flipped? And then it's very different life. It's either better or it was a low point that you had to come out of or something like that. Is there a particular light switch moment? And for most people, there's lots of them. But yeah. is there one that comes to mind right off the bat? Um, yeah, there there is in particular. Um, like you said, there's there's many of those light switch moments for me. Right. You know, meeting my wife was, was massive for me. Yeah. She definitely altered my trajectory um, in, in a massive way. Um, but honestly, the, the one that comes to mind mostly um, is it was, what year was that? 2008. I was a college football player, um, and I actually got cut from my college football team. Um, not necessarily because I wasn't performing athletically. Um, it was more due to a personal outlook that I was maintaining at the time. Um, and what I mean by that, I was... So I was a college freshman. I was failing out of all but like one of my classes, I think, mm -hmm. um, partying my ass off, frankly, right. um, and just not doing what needed to be done. So um, the moment that I'm thinking of, if you want to really like pin it down to a, a, a split second or a moment, um, I had an offensive line coach. That's what I was in, in football as an offensive lineman. Um, my offensive lineman coach, uh, AD was, his, it's what we all called him. Adam Doral, I think was his actual, anyway, doesn't matter. He, um, he was a very intense person, very intense guy. He, uh, he sat me down in his office and told me, Hey, you know, your grades are slipping. You're not showing up for like study sessions and that kind of stuff. We know you're partying your ass off. Um, You've done great. I had gotten a couple of awards as a freshman for, for athletic performance. Mm -hmm. uh, but he said, you know, uh, we've seen guys like you come and go. Um, and he said, we're, we're going to cut you at this time. We're, we're not going to continue your scholarship. Um, and we're going to cut you from the team until you improve drastically or change your ways. And I obviously upset. I was, you know, saying that. But the moment that got me, he said, I've seen guys like you come and go. Right. And I already know you're not going to finish college. You're going to move back home and you're going to move in with your parents and probably stay there the rest of your life. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. So my, uh, if I had to pin it down to that moment, it was just like this, this absolute dagger from somebody that I, I had some respect for 
and definitely had some authority over me. So that was, uh, I would say that was a light switch moment for me. Is your response to that, no, I won't, and then and then you, you start putting in the work? Or was the response to that, shut down, isolate, you know, all that stuff? What? How did you come out of that? Or so you just pissed? Yeah, so initially, I'll be honest, that was actually on my 19th, or was it? Yeah, my 19th birthday. That was April Happy 18th. Birthday. <laughs> Um, so I was going out to celebrate my birthday that night already. Um, I left that meeting, um, drove to the nearest liquor store, bought a fifth of, uh, Jim Beam. I still, I have a hard time drinking Jim Beam to this day. Um, that was about four o'clock in the afternoon. And by 8 PM that evening, I had finished that bottle of Jim Beam. Um, I had taken a few other alternative substances as well i just got blacked out um so initially, yeah <laughs> my, my reaction was awful to that um fortunately i didn't maintain that i, I turned that around and, and got some introspective time um and, and looked at myself and realized what i was doing and fortunately that turned um and i actually just made it a, a i don't know goal i guess um, but yeah, so I, I did end up graduating from college for anyone who's wondering. Um, I don't currently live with my parents and, uh, yeah, I use that. I, I flipped that and made that very much a motivational factor for me. Um, to the point that I actually sent an invite whenever I did graduate from college. Um, I sent him an invite to my graduation. Yeah. Um, never got any response from that, but for me, it was this nice, um, kind of wrapping up of saying like, Hey, yeah, I know you didn't believe in me. Um, yeah. and a lot of people didn't, and that's okay. I, I still made it happen because I, uh, I believed in me, you know? Yeah. And, and for him to, uh, for him to have kind of uh, not responded or whatever, I mean, that's all well and good, but just to know, you know, it could have been an invitation of the great big middle finger that you drew for him. I, either way, the <laughs> fact that he knows that that you are aware that it was that conversation, I think is is a big deal. Yeah, and I've heard I, I, he he was a like I said intense guy. I think he cut a number of people and said very similar things. Yeah, right. That was his speech. Yeah. So to me, I doubt he even remembers that moment. But for me, that was that was huge. It was it was heartbreaking and, and everything else. Um, just feeling like I had failed in that moment and through those months. So, yeah. Did you go through, uh, did you finish school there? I did not. So I did to, to you went home. I went home. (laughs) Uh, So I went home. I spent like three months just wallowing in my sorrows. I mean, I went home, I got a job, I worked for a little while, um, and then, yeah, I don't know. At some point, I realized, like, man, you are playing exactly into what he said. You're, mm-hmm. um, you're not doing anything. Um, so at that point, I, I dropped everything. I moved out of my parents' house. I moved in with a friend in a neighboring town. Um, I had to go to a private college because none of my grades were good enough to get me into any of them. Yeah, right. So, yeah, no, I, uh, I yeah, I moved home. I got a job and, uh, I worked for the next six years. I worked, uh, 40 hours a week. Um, and I also had some help from my parents additionally, so I can't claim this all as my own victory, but I did come to school without any debt. 
Um, and a large part of it, I would say, is due to that conversation. That's awesome. Do you think, um, not to make your parents, or not to be cynical about your parents, do you think they were investing in your not coming home? <laughs> <laughs> um, to a point. To yeah. a point. I think um, somewhat they wanted me to be home, in all honesty. They, they you know, saw that, oh, well, you don't have to work 40 hours a week. You can work on school more if you lived at home. Oh, sure, sure. Yep. Yeah. Um, and to me, that was more of me saying, like, I realized I could take that. And that would be an easier route, certainly. Uh, but for me, it was this unconscious, like, I have to be on my own or else I'm literally coming who he said. So. And that, so... So are you, I'm trying to word myself in a way that makes sense. Sure. Is this is this all internal? Are you going through this whole thing? You're figuring it out at 19 years old. You're like having these really good thoughts or is like dad very slyly giving you some truth without you realizing it? And then mom's, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like like yeah. parents do a really good job of getting their point across without ever having to say anything Are are they or are there friends or other family members that are like, dude, what are you doing? Or is this you really wrestling with it and kind of getting your shit together? Um, I think this is me silently wrestling with it. Yeah. I uh, I will give my parents all the credit in the world. Like I said, they helped me out. Um, however this works, at that time, my parents were kind of dealing with their own thing. They were going through a divorce. So okay. about four months after I moved back or after I left that school, uh, they kind of decided and told us kids like, Hey, we're going to get a divorce. Sure. Um, so that was shortly after I moved out of their house too. Um, so they were kind of dealing with their own stuff and I'm certain that they, you know, were instilling in me and helping me along the way as right, much as right. they could. Um, but for me, it was more, I don't really have, I didn't have somebody emotional to lean on, which had its own, uh, adverse effects on me as well. Um, right. But no, most of most of that was internal conversations. Um, I had one good friend through all of that that I, I would have external conversations with it about and tell him like, yeah, this guy pissed me off, so I'm going to go do this. And uh, But other than him, no, it was pretty much just internalized and talked through by myself. Okay. Um, and there's And you are now running your own business. Is that accurate? I am. So I, um, I bought a family business, my father's business. Yeah. Um, I, bought that five years ago now. Um, and then I've recently started another company with him. I bought him out of the initial company. We started a secondary company investing in real estate. Um, and then I am also starting as we speak, a third company, um, investing in real estate with a separate partner. Mm -hmm. so. and that sounds ridiculous. I mean, in a good way like that but but do you have free time I, you said you have a wife do you have kids uh no kids uh one day that will happen but uh yeah. right now we don't have any kids my wife is uh uh probably more ambitious than i am she's a, a nurse right now she's working in the emergency room oh holy uh, no. right so a little scary there right now yeah. but uh but yeah she works in the emergency room full-time and she's also going to school full-time to be a nurse practitioner um, so she is, uh, we, we see each other. We, we definitely make time for each other. And yeah, I mean, we, we definitely have 
free time. It uh, it doesn't consume everything if if you prioritize and make things work. That's the trick, isn't it? Everybody complains about not having enough time. Brady and I had a really good conversation about me not having enough time. Yeah. And he basically smacked me in the face with, uh, make it, make the time. What are you talking about? Yeah. And that's that's 100% accurate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. You can, uh, I, I do a lot of stuff in my day, and oftentimes my schedule doesn't work the way I want. But, uh, but we make it a, a rule that we always have dinner together unless one of us is working long hours or something, um, which I would say 95% of the time I see my wife for dinner. Um, we wake up together and uh, we see each other before we go to work on a, every day. That's, that's huge. Just having that, that structure in place regardless of whatever whatever else happens the fact that your <clears throat> the foundation of your day is built around her and that relationship is enormous so business owner times three uh yeah. husband your wife is ridiculously ambitious you said she's more ambitious you got three businesses like i get it my wife's a better person than i am too and <laughs> every man that i know basically has married up but um uh, so question two is why are you here on here earth? If there's, if there's a grand design for what you were put here for, what is it? Um, yeah, I, I, so personally, yes, I believe there definitely is a grand design. Um, I am a Christian. Um, so I fall back on a lot of those beliefs, um, mm -hmm. but something that I have incorporated into all three of my businesses into my wife and my personal life is we are here to help other people. Um, and it's actually in my mission statement of all three businesses, um, that no matter what I'm doing with all of this, at the end of the day, I want to help people. Um, I don't know what that, you know, specifically means. Um, mm -hmm. I know when it comes to the, the newest business we're starting up, it's called high tide realty partners. Just throw that out there in case. Sure. Um, but all 13 of my listeners are writing it down right now. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Uh, but we, uh, so that's actually why I'm partnering with the guy I am. And that's, that's what got both of us excited is we, you know, we want to use this vehicle of real estate to be able to make money, obviously. Um, but at the end of that tunnel, we want to be able to turn around and give back to people around us, people in our community mm -hmm. uh, and, and try to try to raise everybody. That's actually the name of our business is high tide because of the quote of, um, a rising tide raises all ships. And mm -hmm. my thought is if we can help ourselves and formulate something that's, that's moving in a positive direction, hopefully we can do that for people around us, people that we love and people that maybe we don't even know yet. That's insane and awesome. Like that's, that's, that's super cool. And your the way you think reminds me a lot of my oldest brother, Drew. He's he's very outward when it comes to uh, how can I if he's trying to affect anything, it's generally not himself. It's it's how can I how can I do better by these people around me? So that's cool. And also makes me think you should become a dad tomorrow because you'll create <laughs> a good human, which we need a lot of my, my only goal, my, my boys get in trouble. And, uh, when they do, I say, do you understand why I'm upset with you? And my oldest who's smart enough to have heard me and spew things back at me, he goes, 
Because we're not turning into the men that the world will want. <laughs> because I've said that to him 9,000 times. It's not my job to be your friend. I'm glad we have good times, but my goal is to turn you into the men the world want. Sounds like you're going to turn it and kick out one of those kids. So I, I sincerely hope so. We'll see. I, we don't, uh, like I said, we don't have any kids right now, but that's, that would be awesome. I, yeah. I look forward to being a father. I can say that for sure. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, where do you find peace or no? Where do you find your motivation? Man, um, so short-term motivation I find from silly videos and just junk like that. Yeah. Um, I would probably say the majority of my motivation comes from negative sources, which probably isn't the greatest motivation, I can admit. Um, well, but, AD, your light switch moment, exactly. he was a negative source. He was, and, uh, and I, I guess he's kind of a good example, but I've had a lot of that. Um, mm -hmm. if we look at the 50 K we're running, for example, um, or we're set to run. Yeah. Right. Um, most of the people in my surroundings think I'm insane for doing it. One, um, mm -hmm. cause I'm not built as a runner. I'm currently 270 pounds and not made to impact my bones that much. Um, so for example, even my dad, my dad, God bless his soul. I love the man, but he, um, he has told me time and time again, I don't know why you're doing this. Your knees are going to give out anyway. Right. You're just like speeding up the process and hurting yourself. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, maybe, but <laughs> thank you for telling me that. I, and that's honestly, that's where I get it. I just like proving people wrong. Yeah. Um, yes. I find a lot of like, athletic stuff that I do is mainly to prove people that I, I can for just that simple fact. Yeah. And, and you tell somebody you're running a 5k and you're, you're, you're already going to get a response. There are already people at 5k that are like, you're insane. And then you <laughs> jump like, so I've done a half marathon. I've done Spartans and stuff. Yeah. That stuff is mostly just for me, but I do get a little kick out of the people that are like, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then going and doing it and doing well. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's just nothing but fun. Yeah. I, I, I love mo negative motivation. I, uh, I don't know why it, it, maybe it goes back to like playing sports and having coaches scream at me. I, I, um, so we do, we've done a number of runs and oftentimes if I'm like, doing a run or something and there's an obstacle course, I'll tell one of the people running next to me, like, call me a piece of crap or like just, and be rude to me. And I'll probably be fine for this, but I need somebody <laughs> to like be negative toward me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I like, I'm the weird guy during races, especially like half marathons. All of them. I do those. Um, I sent this to the group text too. Like I'll sing Disney songs mm -hmm. while I'm running. Yeah, um, and I know it's bad for my breath, and it's not healthy. <laughs> but uh, you're just surrounded by a lot of people in pain and like this like mopey face a lot. Yeah, right. uh, and I like being the 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 alternative to that and just being massively different than people around me. Yeah, that's that's actually a lot of fun. And you're you're uh, scream me through this on the obstacle course thing. Um, the second Spartan I did, I did with a, a, a veteran friend of mine who's, I, I'm going to get this wrong and I'm going to get in trouble for it. I believe Air Force. Okay. Um, 
but we were doing we were doing maybe we were like halfway through or something and he was really struggling on this particular obstacle and it just clicked he needs a drill sergeant to get him through this so i screamed at him the whole time i said hey, man you are going to get through this you're not going to be like these people over here doing the burpees and i'm pointing at people that are actually doing burpees and they can hear me like i feel like a jackass after the fact but yeah some and and i respond very similarly brady and i have worked out together and it's just a matter of just like high school football through it like just scream at each other and you get that extra three seconds of boost you get that extra three seconds of energy and yeah. you get to push through it a little bit i yeah i like that too are you uh are you a only child you got brothers sisters i've got one older sister yeah were you close when you were younger or were you always at each other? Uh, well, so she beat up on me a lot. You know, I was a right. uh, just, and then, uh, but we've always been really close. We've been close in a way that like in our family, if you love someone, you just berate them. You, you're, you don't like yeah. constantly yes. tell them you love them. You right. tell them like, boy, you really screwed that up. Or like your hair mm -hmm. looks like crap today. Like that is just, I don't know what it is about at least my my father's side of the family we berate the hell out of each other um yeah so yeah no i am incredibly close with my sister i talk to her two or three times a week still so um what's uh, so another the reason i asked that is because i respond well to negative reinforcement as well not as much as I respond well to being called a good puppy, because if I'm told that I did something well, holy crap, you're just going to see me shine for like three more weeks. But the negative side of it, when you said that, it just rung to me that my two older brothers, I do things now to prove things to them. Oh, yeah. And they were always athletically ahead of me. And I was the theater nerd and he was athletics and stuff. And for you to say that your love is shown through sarcasm and that kind of stuff, oh, man, that's right. That's just right down the center lane for me because that's exactly what my family does we don't emote well at yeah. all like yeah. real emotion we don't do that we do sarcasm and then maybe at christmas a hug before you leave <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah it's uh it's weird i like the so you said you were in theater and that sort of thing too yeah yeah isn't it so it's so I did both. I, I, I played football and was very much in athletics, but mm -hmm. it, it just made me think. Cause yeah, speaking of things that I did that people said I probably shouldn't, I was in theater and choir and yeah. those kind of things on top of doing football and um, wrestling and stuff in high school. Um, and even at the time, my peers would look at me and be like, dude, you're so weird. Like, why are you, you're supposed to be the, the jock guy or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I would catch crap from them, and I would even catch crap from my family. Like, what? Why are you doing this? Like, mm -hmm. you're not gonna be in ballet or anything. Um, but yeah, my sister was not that person for me. She would give me crap about not being able to talk to girls, right? Or having ugly hair, but <laughs> she, she would always just pump me up to do whatever I wanted to do for those sort yeah. of things. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that is interesting because I had nothing but support for theater stuff, really? like across the board. And I, I honestly think part of that is both my older brothers did baseball. Both of them did hockey. Vaughn did football. My, the middle of the three of us did football. I think people were just tired of going to sporting events. And 
I think they were like, oh, we get to sit in the theater seat for an hour and a half and just, and it's air conditioned. Like, I, I think that was part of it. <laughs> but, um, oh, this has nothing to do with any of the questions or anything we're talking about, but it has been brought up more than once and I'm interested. Okay. Your One of your claims to fame is pistol squats on a picnic table. What's what's the deal with that? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, First uh, explain what a pistol squat is okay. and then tell the story. So a pistol squat, um, by definition, is using one leg, squatting to um, to full depth, to where mm-hmm. it's the grass, if you want to call it that, and then uh, and then standing back up, just mm-hmm. using that one leg. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess uh, it's unusual for a person of my size to be able to do that. Um, so I went on a, uh, a mancation vacation with Chris and Brady and Travis. Um, and on that trip, at some point we got to talking about pistol squats and I was like, I'm pretty sure I can do one of those. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Cause I was about three, I was probably pushing 300 pounds at that point. Yeah. Well, no, it was down a little bit. I was probably 280. Um, how tall are you real quick? Just so people get a <laughs> reference. No, I'm about six, five. Okay. Holy crap. Go ahead. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I, uh, I stood up on the bench of a picnic table, which to be fair, I cheated a true pistol squat. You've got to like reach out and grab and hold your toe and not be able to swing your other foot below. But I cheated a little bit and stuck my foot out in front of me. I, I, I held it up, but yeah, so I, I can still do a pistol squat. I checked myself the other day. <laughs> That's an ability I still have. I don't know why, but yeah, so, I, uh, I can't. explain the toe thing for me because uh, throughout theater and then later on, I did I danced uh, professionally for two years or something, and I did something what sounds like very similar to what you're talking about. What's the grab your toe part? The toe that's not that's not the leg you're using, right? Correct. That's got to be in front of you. You got to be grabbing your toe. Yeah, so it's, it's supposed to be. One, let me stop you and say, really impressive. I didn't know you danced professionally. I want to hear more about that. All right. Um, but two, yeah, so when you squat, you're supposed to have, like, if you're using your right leg to do the pistol squat, your left leg is supposed to be straight out in front of you and yeah. hold it, hold the, the big toe or hold your toes with your hand while you do the squat. So how did you cheat? You just weren't holding it? Yeah, I just wasn't holding it. I wasn't not flexible. I'm still not flexible enough to do that. Yeah, that seems like a stupid addition to the to the technical definition of a pistol squat. All the muscles are still working. That's right. dumb. That's I think stupid. it just keeps your like honest. So like me stepping on the uh, on the bench, my other foot swung below oh, it. Oh, okay. I hear you. They get back up. So it's just like a a formality, but it does. I do want to put an asterisk on there so no one <laughs> I, I'm I'm actually doing it. So I'm looking at the calendar right now. I'm officially out of work until the 30th. My goal, my guess is that's going to extend longer. I, at one point in my life, used to be able to... Uh, insert skill here. And I'm not going to say what it was because <laughs> I'm going to get it back. And then I'm going to send you a video of it because it's going to throw your pistol squat thing into a wood chipper. Shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to try it tonight. If I can, if I, if I send you this thing tonight, so we're recording this, this won't come out as far as podcasts go until 
uh, May 2nd. But if okay. I send you this on the 10th, I will, I'll just post it on Facebook and we can, people can go back and see your name and my name together on a post and we'll see if it's, if it's the 10th. I'll try it tonight. Oh, I can't wait. Is it's, this related to your dancing career? Yeah. What, yeah. So when the, when the pistol squat story came out, I thought, oh, this mother father, I, <laughs> I've got him because during all this texting and stuff and, and the group has a great morale, right? Like, oh, just, yeah. We all generally, I think, give a shit about each other and we want each other to do well and and improve and we want to celebrate everybody's victories and help each other out, like especially now when it's just been a bad day or whatever. Yeah. Um, the morale is great. And I was talking to Brady earlier. I said, you got any questions for uh, Matt? And he really didn't have anything except for he did mention the pistol squat thing. And he goes, I just think Matt's just a really good guy. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm falling in love with him, which I think is accurate. Um, You're going to make me blush. <laughs> but but I was so excited when that pistol squat story came out. And I don't know why I haven't thought of it until now. Well, more. Uh, there's other stuff going on. But anyway. <laughs> um, so we did motivation. Motivation you get from negative things. Um, and then where do you find peace or contentment? Um, I would have to fall back on my wife again there. I, um, she's kind of my rock. I always go back to her. She, uh, you know, obviously through all of this stuff, everybody's stressed out. Um, she gets stressed out as well. Um, but I would say just kind of leaning on her. I've, uh, I've found that she and I meld really well together. We've been together for, uh, about a decade now. Mm -hmm. uh, and... I would say that is probably that's one person I I definitely find peace through. Um, as far as like doing something and relaxing, honestly, hunting and hiking. Um, hunting is just I don't know what it is about, especially getting up super early. And I mean, we get this with running; you get to get out there some morning. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's something about sitting, especially deer hunting, is why is my favorite thing to do. Um, and you normally go out well before the sun comes up, you sit down in a tree and you sit there and just watch the world come up around you. Um, mm -hmm. Normally I try to leave my phone in my truck. I, I leave it all of like the world as we know it behind me. And I go out there and I, I, I get to just listen to birds start to chirp before the sun's quite up and hear, see the orange and, watch things start to move and it's literally watching things come to life. Um, I would say that is probably the best place for me to go. If I'm super stressed out is for me to just spend four hours in, in the morning before everybody else is up. Yeah. That that's been a, a big thing for me is just getting up and getting outside to watch, to watch the world turn on because when this whole Corona apocalypse thing started, I, I lost all structure, right? It all went out the window. I stopped running. I stopped getting up at a decent time. And then just in the last couple of weeks or maybe week now, I've forced myself to be waking up at a decent time. You go outside, it's still a little bit dark or completely dark and you yeah. get to watch the whole thing turn on. That's, that's amazing. And then the birds and I, like just all the stuff, all of the parts of that are so relaxing with a freaking cup of coffee on the back deck. That's so good. 
Oh yeah, I'm, man. There's I'm nothing. all about that. What's the What's the story of you and your lady? Where did you guys meet? Uh, so my lovely bride and I, we met at a pirate party. That makes um, sense. Yeah, right. Classic story. Pretty, yeah, <laughs> pretty standard stuff. Uh, no, we had legitimately, we met uh, just a mutual friend was holding like a pirate-themed party after a football game in college. Um, so I, at the time, was saving money and riding my bicycle, so I rode in all sweaty in some sleeveless t-shirt. Um, I had just done a, uh, a bodybuilding competition about a month before that. Um so the friend who was holding the party actually had some photos. This was back, like I said, a decade ago to where she brought a camera. She printed out the photos and was giving me the photos at that party. Um, the moment my wife and I met, she walked up. I was holding these photos that my friend had just given of boy, virtually naked. <laughs> my My wife loves to say she thought I was a huge douche canoe from like, the moment she met me because right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the guy that shows up to a party with naked photos of himself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so well, that's before smartphones. You got to plan ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't just show that stuff off. You can't be sending nudes back then. Um, so yeah, I, uh, we met there. She apparently got over me being a douche enough yeah. to, uh, I asked her out. I met her the next night for dinner with some friends, and uh, we've been together ever since. Yeah, that's cool. So how long were you together before you got married? Oh, gosh. That's a great question that I should know. Uh, we got married in 2014. We met in, uh, so I guess, four years. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a long time. I don't think good or bad. I, I think, uh, like... Married? Say again. You broke out. What's that? It's you're saying oh, it's a long time before getting married. It feels like it. Did yeah. it feel like it to you? Like were you chomping at the bit, or were you biding your time, or you guys had a had a plan, or what? What, what was the deal? Well, so I would say, um, in one aspect, we were both still pretty young. I mean, we met um, the year I turned 21. We met shortly after I turned 21. Sure. Um, and she was. 18 at the time something like that um so we were both pretty young still um, definitely say at least 18 start with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think she was 18. um she said she was 18 okay yeah. she said. right <laughs> but no so uh we took a while um but i would say that her first reaction of me at that moment in time especially with my uh my treatment of women and my relationships, I was a giant douche. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So that would, that also played a, a pretty large aspect into why it took us so long. Cause I had to, to turn around and become a, a better man to actually get to the point where I still say I don't deserve her, but I, uh, I, I at least got to the point where she would accept me and try to help work on me. It's, uh, so, it, did you stop being a douche because you knew that she wouldn't go for the douche and you knew that she was the one to go after? Um, yeah, I, she, I don't know really honestly what it was. I, I met her, I knew I wanted to be with her and I knew she was a, uh, a good person and a, um, 
not someone that's just going to sleep around and, and do what I was doing at the time. Um, so Can't I, have two uh, of those in a relationship. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Uh, really doesn't really work even with one. Uh, uh, right, right. So, yeah, no, I uh, honestly at that point, yeah, I just kind of realized I really wanted to be with her. So I knew I was going to have to kind of change what I was doing. Um, and I did, I, it took me some time to get over being, like I said, a douche. Um, but, uh, so yeah, that, that took a little while, but no, it was definitely, she was the catalyst for me undouching myself. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Um, so that's the four questions. Yeah. About 40 minutes right now. I do want to spend at least five minutes just ragging on Chris for if we can oh can can we because so here's what i understand every conversation i've had with chris that involved any any member of the family they like i don't know they either outwork him they out nice him they out they out uh athleticize him like he's apparently the smallest one of the group and he's six two or six three or something And he's the least capable, even though he is doing ultras and stuff. Like, is he just useless? Have you guys thought about just cutting the string and letting him drift off into the, into the tundra or what's, what's the deal? We have, I mean, you know, he, he's definitely the weak link. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, but I mean, you know, you got to keep the, uh, the runt around for the family. Well, it, it, uh, at, at the very least, perspe- uh, provides perspective so that you guys can know how great you are. And then <laughs> if you ever need a jester, yeah. obviously you force him to do it. Sure, sure. No, nah, man, he, uh, I can rag on Chris all day, but I, I definitely can't call him the Ronto, that family. Our family on that side is just eclectic and everybody does something pretty awesome. So, um, but yeah, no, as far as size goes, yeah, he's he's definitely the runt. Uh, actually, God, he is the shortest. I never actually thought about that. Cause yeah, Chris, I think Chris is only like six foot. I say only, but so right. he's like yeah. six foot. My sister's, whether she wants to claim it or not, she's about six foot and a half inch. Yeah. Um, and then it just goes up from there. It goes to my cousin Brianne, my cousin Lauren, then. Ben, then Susan, then Ben, then myself, probably the tallest. Yeah, wow, Chris is the shortest. Gosh. Having never thought about it, you definitely put them all in order pretty quickly. There, Matt. Well, <laughs> like six foot and a half inch, six foot and three quarter inch, six foot and seven eighths. It may not have been like a conscious thought. But all right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Chris is uh Chris fails at one thing, even though he is a gazelle in the mountains. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I need him to have a flaw. Um, uh, that mustache right now. Can we count that? <laughs> as a flaw? Uh, oh boy. Um, okay. So. Uh, oh, I just had a thought. I had a thought. I should have written it down. I've written stuff down. Um, oh, May twenty third. We were supposed to do. Yes what 32 miles is that accurate yeah something right around there you're still nursing a foot but you are doing some things um i i want you to go on record telling me what your minimum distance is going to be on may 23rd 
Mm. Okay, I tell you what. Here's what I'm going to So I was training for three races this year. Okay. I was going to do a half marathon last weekend. Mm-hmm. It's 50K in May. And then I've got another half marathon this fall um, that, as far as I know of, is still going to take place at this point. Sure. Uh, and I'm doing that half marathon carrying a 60-pound pack. Mm-hmm. So I am going to say a less impressive amount of miles but I'm going to do it carrying a pack probably because I that's not hurting my foot right now. So I'm going to say I will do a 10-mile hike carrying 60 pounds. 10 miles with poundage. That's awesome, man. And how is your foot doing? It's doing good. It Like I said, it, it only hurts when I run. I don't get it. It's weird. Walking doesn't hurt it. Carrying weight doesn't hurt it. But like the impact of running is still hurting because it's on like the top of my foot. So that's why I think I might've fractured something. Oh, good. Don't have it looked at or have your medical wife maybe give it a once over. She she looked at it and she was like, yeah, you can go to the hospital, but they're just going to put you in a boot or tell you to stay off of it. So man up you big wuss. (laughs) That's a good response. Yeah. All right. So you're doing 10 miles with poundage on May 23rd. Has everybody else committed to, uh, to a distance for that day or no i just thought of it right now <laughs> so what are you committing to then I, I gotta know that i'm doing the 50k you're gonna do the 50k that day i okay. i have a there's a route so muscatine where we are is has kind of done this really cool thing in the last i'm gonna say eight years they've been working on interconnecting the entire city in the outskirts and everything with a decent a decent sized sidewalk right? Like a good, like a couple bikes could pass each other or whatever. There's no reason to explain it. It's a good sidewalk. Um, but to follow that sidewalk from my house and then make the farthest loop I can and then kind of break off where it makes sense to go back to my house is 20 miles. Okay. I'm going to do that loop, have my wife meet me at the halfway point during the first loop and then pick me up at the halfway point during the second loop. But I'll do my 32 miles. That's awesome. And I will have, I will, I will have my starting, my starting point, my halfway point, my, my back home point, and my other halfway point to kind of refill and get stuff together. And actually, I know enough people in town that if I said, "Hey, I'm going to drive by your place at four o'clock in the morning and leave a little basket of whatever, don't touch it," that they would do that for me. So I may do that, make my own aid stations as I go. Yeah. Which I should probably do. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do the 50 K because, and it likely won't be eight and a half hours. Like it, it may take me longer than that, but I'm going to do it because we said we were going to. Absolutely. No, I love that, man. I, uh, I think you are a bold man for signing up to sit down in the middle of that for a car ride. No, 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 no. Oh, am I misunderstanding? You are misunderstanding. Okay. I'm going to have my wife meet me at the halfway point of my first loop to hand off goodies and or refill drink and then not let me stop. Okay. Like, okay. if we do this right, she'll open the sliding door in the van. The boys will hand off stuff while we're all still moving. <laughs> if we can do this the smartest way, they'll just throw things at me as I'm as I'm still on my feet. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. that, that's yeah, the plan. That makes more sense. I was gonna say, man, if you're stopping, that is uh that's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how you don't do it right. And actually Ward just just posted on my uh Facebook page a guy that did a marathon in a in 
a marathon in a day. He did a mile a day or a mile an hour. Okay. And he would do his mile and then he broke it up. He he just came up with every little honeydew list thing that was ever on his list. And he planned his entire day around it. And he would do this thing for 45 minutes, go run, and then come back and finish on this other project or get this one lacquered and drying or whatever. And he did that for an entire day. And his block just happens to be a perfect mile. And he did it. He did it 24 times and woke up in the middle of the night and just kept going. And he said, this has you written all over it. Chris said that to me about this thing. And I, I very seriously want to do that now just for the story of it. I mean, that just <laughs> the amount of stupid crap I can get done in 24 hours if I had it all planned out. Sounds like a good time. I love that. Yeah. Let me know if you're going to do that one. I would love to follow along with that, too. If I do that one, I will likely do um, a great portion of that day live. Like, I'll just keep keep a camera rolling so that – because it's just the dumbest – I mean, it's so stupid. Yeah. It's, it's not useful at all. But at the end of the day, you can say you ran a marathon and you got everything done. One of the things that this guy got done, he I, – I don't even remember. I was listening to it. And he he finished something. I heard a hammer going. And he goes, I've wanted to do that for three years took me 10 minutes <laughs> like it was just on his <laughs> list and never got around to it oh, so man. now's the time because we're all just no, not all of us but those of us that are just stuck at home are just trying to fill time doing whatever yeah you got to do something to keep your mind busy man that's yeah, uh brother no i love that though accomplish something use the time i mean that's that's what everything i'm i'm listening to and i'm trying to surround myself with positivity right now right thing is just saying like if you have time, just use it. Just do something. It doesn't yeah. matter what you do. Just do something. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's enormous because you, with the amount of distraction we have at our fingertips, the the whole month could just disappear. Oh, like yeah. could literally just disappear and be like, oh, I remember when my paychecks were like that when I was 17. They just went away and I have nothing to show for it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's like being a, a high schooler during summer all over again. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All right. Um, is there anything else you need to impart upon uh, all 13 of my listeners? All 13 of them. Um, I, I feel like they could probably make a great baseball team. <laughs> no, 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 they couldn't. <laughs> Ward's one of them, so out. That's and uh, yeah, I I really appreciate your time, man. I, uh, I, I kind of dig this new new breakdown of doing the questions as the podcast because it kind of allows us to go all over the place yeah. and change instead of just going linearly which which is what i've been doing so i dig that um thanks for giving me your time if you've got nothing else to say then say adios to my people adios everyone thank you guys again and thank you i appreciate you you calling me call me anytime man awesome thanks man